Yeah, I got a daily stand-up around 11 Eastern each day. How does that go? Because that might be something that I'd be interested in implementing in 2019 as a team stand-up. But we don't do much. So when you do a team stand-up, it's you guys are all working on the same project, right? Uh, yes. Um, so we usually center all of our stand-ups uh, around like-minded parties. So if we're on a project... We'll all be, you know, just basically going round robin and say, what you doing? What, what did you do? What are you doing? And do you have any blockers? And it's usually um, DJed by our project manager. So she's in charge. So when you say blockers, like stuff that you're that stuck help? on? Yeah. So basically, is there anything in the way? <laughs> do you have any excuses? And how can we take those away, essentially? <laughs> You know, uh, what is in your way as a blocker? Um, what do you foresee that you will need possibly in the future, near future, that you currently don't possess that will eventually be a blocker? What is currently just absolutely got you at a full stop right now, if anything, those sorts of things. Now, do you have enough team diversity or enough multidisciplinary players on the team where if someone is having a block, someone else can be like, hey, let me jump in and see if I can help? Uh, very possibly. Um, I will say we rarely have blockers. Oh, fancy, fancy. Um, which is crazy because I've been on projects that every day there's uh, 10 blockers, you know. <laughs> so um, we're, we're quite siloed yet unified, if that's, you know, that oxymoron makes any sense because we have people who just deal front end, we have me just on back end. We have designer who just designs. We have business analyst who just answers business questions all day. And then we have the project manager who is quarterbacking everything. And um, if if the UI folks are blocked, they, they try to resolve it within each other. If I am blocked, I try to resolve it, uh, but I time box myself and then I will punt to people outside of the project since I don't have any other backend people to lean on. I'll just have to go with a conceptual here's the conceptual problem how would you help solve it you know right so you're well siloed and staffed on a project however you have other team members outside the project that you could punt to if you needed to on a project yeah and that's a uh uh try to take advantage of lightly situation because crossing the streams like that means you're disrupting their right. flow someone else's workflow sure i totally right. get that so you know there's no perfect formula but i usually try to work things out google things after that um and then time box myself and go okay i haven't made progress which which happened earlier i don't know six five or six months ago i was like okay i cannot figure this out i need to phone a friend otherwise i i don't know what to do and that that doesn't happen all that much but when it does I need just to rubber duck with someone and say, look, you know, let me talk to you the problem. And a lot of times I'll resolve my own problem just by bouncing it off that person. Right, 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 right. And other times I will need them to pretty much uh, find a flaw in my logic, my thought process. And if, if they can help me do that, that then that usually unlocks the problem and that's essentially what it was i was holding on to a fact that i didn't need to and if i got rid of a certain fact then all the pieces fell into place so right but as a model you're not 
your team members are very specialized. There's not very multidisciplinary. There's not very many multidisciplinary team members on one of your project teams. Um, see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify that. So our front end guys can do a full stack. I can do a full stack. Our designer, um, she's really good at, you know, design. I don't know what a, I don't know the, the spectrum of a designer, but when we get put on a project, I mean, just like, think of it as a football player. In high school, you're, you're, you sorry, I, I wasn't meaning to imply that they're only skill set, but when you ah. set up a team, the disciplines are very siloed. On purpose. Yes. So what we do is we say, Kevin, you own this bit. Taylor, you own that bit. Uh, Addy, you own this bit. Right. And you are the king or queen of your territory there. And that comes with great reward and great responsibility and possibly tears. Um, and run your kingdom or queendom how you see fit. And the three or four kingdoms and queendoms have to live on one piece of land <laughs> uh, peacefully. And that's where the project manager is almost the... Uh, the landlord. Single, yeah, the one who gets <laughs> to decide because it's her project. I mean, we empower our PMs that look all the blame and all the credits both yours so <laughs> you make decisions because whether whatever comes out of this is your your responsibility so we we each you know we we have our own areas but the the project manager is in charge of everything see now i know that there's some places where the teams just aren't big enough. So, you know, this person gets this responsibility and then this other person might get all the other responsibilities. And so that seems like a great place to say that uh, on the Bob and Kevin show, the <laughs> thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin are exclusively their own independent thoughts and not the thoughts and opinions of their potential previous or future employers or current, <laughs> current even too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean yes we wear multiple hats so i'm the back-end guy but i'm also the network engineer so not only am i writing c sharp and sql i also have to make sure we have elastic servers that scale properly uh i'm also in charge of security um from a particular boundary back where the front end folks are in charge of things like i don't know <clears throat> webpack and injecting <laughs> malicious scripts unwittingly that's their domain not mine so i hate it when i unwittingly inject a malicious script i hate that. yeah yeah <laughs> so i really like this sort of setup because i get to be the king of my domain i get to call the shots and when i when i decide to refactor the entire thing the only one i have to please is the project manager and convince her that look this is important enough that I want to take some time to do. And she's the only one I have to convince. We don't, we don't develop by committee. So I don't have to convince the front end people of anything, unless I introduce a breaking change. Then I have to put on my foreign minister cap and say, UI kingdom. Um, here's what I propose. It will make my life easier and hopefully yours too. And they can push back and say, no, please don't do that. It's going to disrupt us. And I'll say, damn it. <laughs> and I'll have to either accept it or uh, make an appeal. I don't appeal to the PM because I, I like to work out things with the UI folks. Directly. I'm going to go tell I, dad. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to go find mom or dad and say, well, I want to do it like this and they want to do it like this. And we just, um, that's, 
mostly a uh, artifact of working together for so long with, with folks. You know what they want, what they expect, how they expect to work, and vice versa. They know what you're going to give them. Um, so uh, I hate to sound like it's uh, pie in the sky, rainbows and unicorns, but um, when you have a good team chemistry, we really don't have internal conflict at all. All we well, really have to do is, how are we going to solve this problem? We're going to do it like the last time? Okay. Yeah, and it also sounds like it's a really good model for your team. So that's really what it boils down to. It, it does. I mean, it, it just works. Um, our, our PMs are... Or our main PM, she's she's got a technical mind, but she doesn't, you know, get into zeros and ones, <clears throat> and she kn- she knows what kind of confidence level we exude when we say, yeah, it's gonna take this, yeah, it's gonna take that, and she'll either uh, believe us, push back, and then she's got a little bit of UX in her too, so she'll be like, hey, you guys are thinking way too much like engineers on this. <laughs> this is just not making sense for Joe user right now or Jane user. So we all wear those different hats and I don't know, we figured that out. Well, I feel like we've got a lot to cover potentially here as a year end, year end wrap up episode and a year kickoff episode all in the same one fell swoop. So I think we should get on. Yeah. You are listening to the Bob and Kevin show with Bob Beatty Bar and Kevin Gishesky. Each week, we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. And more weeks than not, we're joined by special guests to add additional perspective to our topics. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found on virtually any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Hey, Bob, what are we doing today? Well, Kevin, I think I just teased that with the uh, opener there, and I'm going to actually pull this way back, possibly to off, so I can think and speak (laughs) in the same time. That was really loud in my headset. But uh, we're doing a year-end episode today and a kickoff episode for the big 2019. We're going to cover, I think maybe we're going to beat up on some people that we used to beat up on all in 2018 because they're back in the news. And... uh, I want to do some show resolutions, maybe. I don't know, plans. I hate the word resolutions. And I think we'll recap everyone where we've been on our uh, weight loss bets or whatever that thing is called that we're doing. So uh, I'm Bob from the Bob and Kevin Show. And the other guy that's on the line that you can hear is... I'm Kevin. Oh, my gosh. That might be our first first big move <laughs> for 2019. Kevin is going to identify himself. All right, so, Bob. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so it's it's been a long time since we've recorded. It's been over a month, right? As the kids say, it's been a minute. I like it. Yeah. I like just saying it that way. So <laughs> I mean, a lot's happened. We've done. We've had Black Friday. We've had Christmas. We've um, heck, we've had Thanksgiving too. I think in there. Wow, we basically a lot of uh, buying holidays in there. Let's not forget our four hundred one ks have crashed during that time too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the government shut down right now. The government is shut down, yes. So much has happened. So um, I think uh, more revelations on Facebook and how Facebook is just eating us alive minute by minute. With, even if you're not on Facebook, uh, what else is going on? Oh, yeah, we, we're doing the weight loss thing. Gosh, you're right. There's a ton of stuff. Where, where do you want to jump in? Uh, you know what? Let's... Um because this really 
pulls into our year in review kind of thing. So that Facebook uh, from privacyinternational.org, little article that I saw fly through um, my Twitter feed, was that yesterday? It was yesterday, um, about Android apps and Android apps, certain Android apps sending user data to Facebook, even if you're not a registered Facebook user. Um, as everyone knows who listens to the show, Bob and Kevin are not necessarily giant fans of Mr. Zuckerberg and his uh, data stealing empire. So when I sent you that link, what was your first thought yesterday? I have it in writing, but I figure I'd give you the opportunity to say it out loud. <laughs> um, well, for me, it's par for the course. I, I really think Facebook is evil. And I know I sound like a broken record. And yes, I deleted my Facebook in the last 12 months. Actually, I think it's been one year-ish. Um, but I'm not surprised because I've, one of the reasons I left Facebook is because I discovered um, uh, what the link actually is telling you that basically on Android, Facebook has access to OS level things. Meaning there's the only way that Facebook knows that I have certain things installed in my app is either the app itself is telling on me or the OS itself allows it. And so I don't know where the line is, but I think the link that you gave me yesterday basically says, yes, all apps immediately tell Facebook what's up, <laughs> what's going on on this phone, right? So, yeah, and here's my big question though. So it seems that Facebook offers an SDK for app developers. And the question would be, do you think the developers are knowingly doing this or do you think this is a byproduct of the SDK and because it helps make their job easier, they just use it? Well, I think there's a kickback, right? So we're using MyFitnessPal and there's advertisements in there. The only way that those ads know how to give me relevant information, it's not just giving me like, hey, use and you know some sort of testosterone booster you know the, the typical fitness things it, it still has the shopping things that i've seen that i go to on facebook or not facebook, uh, amazon or walmart or target those things still show up in my my fitness pal because the stupid ad networks which are probably run by either google or facebook are integrated in these apps and there's incentive when there's a free app to just say, hey, Facebook, yes, we'd love to integrate with you so we can make money on this app. So shame on you, Under Armour, because, you know, it just really bothers me that, again, I'm just a piece of data. Data is the new oil, as Bob would say. Right. <laughs> and so you and I have talked about this aspect before, too. I'm pretty sure that by using that SDK, that gives you that sweet little, hey, log into our app as your Facebook account. And that's where it all kicks off. But I don't understand how it sends data to the graph API, even if you're not. I mean, I know it's just adding to their demographic data, which really, as I'm saying this stuff out loud, just my blood pressure, I can feel it going up. But I mean, is that the whole thing? You know, you're offering a piece of software, a tool to developers to be able to simplify logins. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're well, in data trap. So it's not just logging. You don't even have to have Facebook for this right. to be in Facebook's ecosystem. What they can do, they can build a profile of who you are based on a variety of things, your browsing history, your constellation of apps you have installed, et cetera, et cetera. So you don't even have to be on Facebook for them to go, ah, this is, this is Bob's phone. So we know who Bob is. Facebook actually knows who Bob is because 
Facebook's now the CIA and they have a they have a uh, dossier on everybody at this point, whether or not you want to be in Facebook or not. And we just connect that information to the Facebook servers. And guess what, Bob, you don't even need to be on Facebook, but you're on Facebook. How do you <laughs> feel about that? That's the part that really just frosts my nuts. Oh, um, me too. I hate it. That's why we need oversight because Joe user or Bob or Kevin, we, we are too small to stand up against automated fingerprinting of us and data collection. So we need some sort of regulation, but watching all those stupid senators and congressmen, <laughs> either ask dumb questions or just completely gush over Zuckerberg. Um, I have zero faith. Well, the funny thing was, is one of the first things that I thought when I saw this come over my stream yesterday and I clicked the link and I started reading it, I'm like, oh my God, Kevin deleted his Facebook account based on some of this fuckery, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yes. And even though he deleted his Facebook, he, you're basically, you're still caught up in the goo because you still use an Android device with apps. And, and we're using one of those apps for part of our, you know, fitness tracking. Uh, that and I'm on Instagram, um, which is you know Facebook a bona fide <laughs> Facebook profile. Um, I had to sign up a I want to call it a fake account, but it's still me, my name, so I could get into for client information. I had to sign up for Facebook ads and things like that. And Facebook takes the tact that you can't sign up, you know, cool guy one two three four at hotmail dot com. You they do a a verification. It's a light verification, but they want to know who you are. And now we all know why. So props to at least Twitter. You can at least sign up as, you know, fake Bill Murray, you know, or, or whatever. But yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm beside myself because I got, I thought I got away, but it, I can't get away. And now I have no choice. You know, they get to build data. So let me, let's, let's, let's kind of put it into perspective. Bob, let's create something that we will just document every single human being on earth against their will and we'll just build a huge database what do you think it's already done right <laughs> it's facebook but do you think anyone would care if, if you said it like that hey we're just going to create this huge online database on everyone on earth and we're just going to collect data points on all of you there you go yeah i just i reference situations like that are you a pearl jam fan at all um, you know, in, in the nineties, absolutely. I haven't listened to a Pearl Jam song though in probably 20 years. Well, yeah, just because they're not super relevant anymore, but there was a time where I feel like they put out an album and basically said, we're going to poop. <laughs> no, nah, it, it doesn't even sound right. We're going to take a giant turd and put it on a record and we're going to see if our fans will buy it. And I'm I can't, sure <laughs> I can't remember the name of the record. But they basically they did that, and people still bought it. I don't yes. know. I don't know if we would have the Pearl Jam street cred to do that and get away with it. Like, say we're going to build a, a you know the ultimate data collection empire, and here's your stupid little piece of you know your Bitmoji keyboard that's going to be the thing you get for giving us all your data. So, but I bet you Facebook could. <laughs> So let's keep the, all the blame in perspective too. So Facebook is the chief evil actor here, but think about everyone who, who, I mean, Facebook's bringing in money from somewhere. All those people giving money to Facebook are buying demographics. They're buying, right. they, they're part of the problem. And 
much like our president, if you're not part of the solution, you are part of the problem. And um, we can't fight against big corporate machines because when the when somebody in the marketing department of one of these companies comes and says, guys, we have the numbers are in, our sales are up when we did this Facebook campaign, do you really think anyone's going to have a moral conscious moment and say, guys, we shouldn't be doing this? No, there's nobody in that room. Did you take a quick scan of like the applications that are just in the the default seed that that they show like for the app analysis on that uh, privacyinternational.org? I did not. I, so um, one of the one of the items in the top row other than my fitness pal, family locator GPS tracker, indeed job search, uh, kayak flights, the King James Bible free version, Muslim Pro, uh period tracker and yes that's tracking menstrual and ovulation cycles uh a prayer prayer app for uh the muslim community uh so, sky sky channel cheap flights spotify the weather channel trip advisor yelp i mean it's just uh, and then another uh looks like a, another prayer app so, so think about the data set that they're getting well, yeah. So, and uh, have we turned a corner? Because back in the day, you'd have, you know, a banner on a website, right? And it had nothing to do with you. It was just, you know, some companies like, hey, you have eyeballs in your site, put our logo here on a rotating banner, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then we evolved to uh, pay per click. That's the Google model, right? And now if we look at Facebook, it's like, hey, you know what? You don't even have to show advertising on your app. All you have to do is send us all of this data porn basically to us so we can continue feeding the machine and we will sell we will make our money by selling to anyone who wants to plug into the machine and oh by the way we'll kick it back to you some of this because you're feeding the machine so we don't you don't even have to show ads anymore you yeah just- i'm sure somewhere hidden deep inside the terms of service for these apps you know that shit's probably in there in some hard to understand format but I'm I'm <laughs> certain of that. Um, but did you see the headlines where Zuckerberg was saying he wants to be better this year, essentially? <laughs> His New Year's resolution, yeah. he's not going to be such a demon. <laughs> yes, he's not going to. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't believe it. I don't think you believe it. I um, promise to be less evil. <laughs> I, one thing I definitely don't do anymore, and it's easier because I'm not on Facebook anymore, is the whole login with Google or login with Facebook. I just, I absolutely actively avoid those now. I just, nope, sorry, won't do it. One of my digital New Year's resolutions is to uh, stop using my shitty old passwords. I gotta, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually gonna migrate fully to uh, LastPass to have uh, automated Excellent. generated passwords. I'm. I'm on LastPass as well, finally. And yeah, I don't even know the passwords to half my things. And I have to look them up. And uh, what grinds my gears is uh, Apple. Because kids got a lot of Apple devices right. for Christmas. I have to hand type all these random ass passwords in there every time. Of course, I get them wrong. Like nope, at least nope, twice. Nope. Pump your brakes. Pump nope. your brakes. This just in. LastPass on OS 12. You can actually go into your settings passwords and then select an autofill from LastPass. Really? Yeah, there is a LastPass app for the Apple uh, network. Yep. And you uh, can actually set that to be your autofill. Bobby just unwittingly fell into one of my traps I wanted to talk about. 
so uh parents are like hey wouldn't it be great if your kids want like an ipod to go on ebay and get a cheaper older one so you don't you know so you can get more for your money and whatnot so that's what we did so last year we got jackson an ipod touch 5 and this year we got josie an ipod touch 5 oh and those probably won't even run 12 uh yeah that is correct <laughs> and <laughs> what bothers me is they don't even run 10 so the, the most recent supported iOS that they have is version 9, which means when Kevin goes and gets Amazon Music, you know, streaming for the family, and Jackson and Joe say, Dad, can we get, you know, free streaming on ours too? I'm like, well, it's not free. I'm paying for it. But yes, let's download the apps. Well, you go to the app store. You can't download Amazon Music unless you have 10 or higher. So frustration just totally sets in you know you, you think you're getting ahead and then apple's like you know what we're just not going to support these older devices and then you can say well no it's amazon who's choosing to go with ios 10 or later but here's where apple really screws the pooch here because there actually is older amazon music ios apps available for for theirs which is nine like three five or something but you can't download it through their app it won't let you it'll just say sorry no comprendo don't it don't work then how are you supposed to get it <laughs> you have to go online and find a bunch of hacks mm. um, because the apps do exist and so what you have to do is you have to take an ios device that does support 10 or later download it on that device then you take that same apple id and go onto each older device and it goes oh You've already had this app right. before. Previous yeah. purchases. Yeah. So yeah, here's the older one. So you got to do all this monkey business. You know, we had kids crying because they can't listen to music <laughs> on their brand to them brand new. Of course, an iPod Touch Five is like six years old. I get it. So don't at me. But come on, you know, when Apple decides to do a major upgrade and then everyone else jumps ahead so they can have something stupid like facial recognition or some an emoji piece of poop that looks like a face bouncing <laughs> around the screen and my kids can't have Amazon music because of it, you jerk faces. So anyway, we hacked around it. So screw you, Apple. We, we, uh, we, we, we hacked your system, but still, uh, this is, ugh, talk about tears on Christmas. Yeah, I had to go to that. Anyway, back to you, Bob. <laughs> uh, another thing from 2018 that I wanted to bring up and uh, I, I'm, I pretty much, guarantee i know the answer to this question but the uh, dna testing kits there was a big advertising push for get your family the gift of dna analysis for the holidays uh did you or anyone in your family subscribe to such uh, no and I'm, tell <laughs> I'm telling everyone to stay away because if you read the fine print 23andme and ancestry.com reserve the right to own your profile you do not actually own your own dna and actually, I believe we'd have to get the intern slash fact checkers on this too. But uh, there was a story between the time of Christmas and Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving, Christmas, whichever way you want to stack that, uh, that one of those companies had indeed sold, uh, quote unquote, doing the air quotes thing, anonymized, I don't even know that word, cleaned data to uh, Big Pharma. But by definition, is that even possible? Like, for instance, if I say Bob Beatty Bar, you know, or, or I, it's you. 
I mean, it doesn't get any more um, intrinsic than you, no matter what. So if somebody goes in, uh, if you go somewhere else and get the same DNA profile done and somebody does a reverse check, right. oh, that's Bob. Exactly. It's, it's, it's like the password you can't change. That's an entire DNA string of basically PII. <laughs> Exactly. Personally identifiable information. Now, it, it recently solved a cold case murder here, the Ancestry.com stuff, um, and 23andMe. So you're going to have a bunch of people say, look, you know, there's a lot of good that comes from this. But I would also say that, you know, once you give this away, there's no undoing it. Once you uh, post it to the Internet, there's no getting it back. There's a lot of good that comes from this. I, I feel like those are the... Those are that's the phrase that's said at the opening of every Black Mirror episode. Like it's not said, but like that's the understanding. Like right. we got to where we are in this episode because there's so much good that can come from this technology. We had to break a few eggs to make this omelet, but now we have an omelet and a bunch of broken eggs. But I, I am totally against it. That's my position. What about you? What what are you hundred oh, percent against it? Hundred percent. Well, let me ask you the, the black mirror type question. If, if you got one done and it could tell you exactly what you would die from or what sort of horrible diseases are built into your code, would you want to know? Ah, oh, very good question. And for listeners, longtime listeners of the show probably know that I'm going to say, hell no, I don't want to know because I'm just that kind of guy. Like, I, I very, don't at me from this. I very rarely, as a middle-aged man, uh, like to stare a doctor in the face because every time I go, he tells me there's something, or he or she, sorry, tells me that there's something wrong with me. So I'm not down for getting a full DNA profile to find out that I'm going to die from fill-in-the-blank cancer at age fill-in-the-blank uh, while walking my fill-in-the-blank pet. I don't want to know all that from a test. Me either. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Love. Yes. If I'm going to die next week, I want it to be a fucking surprise <laughs> exactly <laughs> unfortunately i'm sure people around me don't want it to be a surprise but maybe if i you know kind of presented the question in that way they'd be okay with it being a surprise as well uh so yeah great question about the 23 and me ancestry i think it's it's salacious it's like ooh, that's cool ooh, charts ooh, i can find out that i'm northern european or i'm i have some distant relatives from zimbabwe Ooh, neat but after that like 10 minutes of reading your report, you have to have some sort of like, huh, now what? <laughs> How can this be used against me? It's kind of like, you know, are my, eventually are my, you know, even if it's, even if it's aggregated and cleaned data, the, the healthcare industry doesn't need to know that X percentage of people are going to contract diabetes in the next five years. Oh yeah. And, and you've paid for the privilege for all this fear and yes in some point in the future the insurance companies will get their hands on it and go hey uh thanks uh for signing up for life insurance but you're gonna die of whatever whatever coronary heart disease before the age of 70 more than likely here's your x number percent yeah so here's your pre premium hike boom exactly um, I could also see the insurance companies making a push for, oh, yeah, you want life insurance. No problem. Here's your swab kit. Send it on in. You don't even have to go to the doctor anymore. Or you don't even have to get your blood drawn because I think you've probably been through the process, right? They come out to yes. your house these days. They draw your blood. You fill out this questionnaire, family history. Hey, let's make it easier for you. Just 
we'll send this DNA kit out to you. We'll even cover it. We'll send you a fancy chart and tell you where where um, all your relatives are from. And here's your premium. Have a nice day. Yeah. I, who wants to, who cares? I mean, I know there's people out there, but you know, like uh, Joe Rogan even did one, which blew my mind. Um, but anyway, you know, talking about like, I'm 0.0015% fill in the blank. Who cares? Right. That's a statistical <laughs> anomaly, you know. I, I, 99.999% something. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I just don't get it. Uh, so anyway, right. I, had a very, I had a very careful plotted path when I mentioned the 23andMe and the DNA and the kind of like the beginning of every Black Mirror episode. You know, there's so much good that can come from this technology. Uh, just uh, two days ago, I believe, up three days ago now, uh, Netflix uh, debuted the latest Black Mirror thing, I guess you could call it. It's not really a season. It's right. actually, I think, feature length. Did Have you had a chance to uh, engage with this digital I, platform I, yet? I read up on it, but I have not. I am about eight months out of keeping up with streaming content because of my living predicament and internet starvation uh, situation. So I haven't seen, uh, was it Bird Box, which is apparently breaking records. I heard it's terrible though. Oh, well, uh, I don't know, but I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I have not I, consumed Bird Box either, but. I, I haven't really done any streaming and I feel terrible, but the, the good news is, is when I do get streaming back into my life, <laughs> I will, I will binge on it for hours. When hours. Kevin gets into his new house, I will not speak to him for months. Yes. <laughs> I'll have to live stream and uh, podcast at the same time. Just he will emerge. Up. He will emerge from his newly finished man cave with sunken eyes. <laughs> Absolutely. Translucent skin. So have, have you done uh, said Black Mirror thingy? I have not. I'm super excited to uh, find a time to sit down and engage with it. From what I've heard, it's uh, choose your own adventure entertainment. So I'm excited to see how that works. Um, and just excited to see how they, they weave that story. See, now it's starting to get super creepy, though, because now they're going to weave that story into that technological hook point and that dependence. And I just we're, we're getting so much closer to all their stupid brilliant brilliant entertainment yeah. i'm so terrified and intrigued all at the same time absolutely um and now for something completely different did you get anything good for yourself for christmas or did somebody get you anything we actually kept christmas super duper low-key this year um the wife and i for the first time ever actually agreed and held to the agreement of not getting each other any gifts um, awesome. One of my one of my children did not even come home for the holidays. That's uh, not as awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. We're still adjusting to that one. But he is a very busy young man. And uh, those of us that were in attendance, the gifts were we came up with. Well, actually, I can't I can't take credit for this. Caroline, my incredibly brilliant wife, found online this kind of like super simple four four point list for holiday gift giving. And one of them, like something you would read, something you would wear, something you need. There was a rhyming scheme and I did it wrong too. And then something you want. 
So like it was just that four simple things. So we sent that. This is weird. Totally nerdy. We sent that out to the kids in a Google Doc (laughs) and had each one of them fill that in. And uh, that's kind of how we got to our low key Christmas. And the kids actually gave the gifts to each other. We gave gifts to the kids. So we used that list for them. Um, The original question was, did I get anything cool for myself? Because you know me. (laughs) (laughs) And we both know how we each other Christmas shops. And I did actually get a uh, a four channel uh, Behringer uh, audio interface. So I upgraded my podcasting gear. Basically, are you using it right now? I am using that piece of equipment right now. And uh, okay. the reason why I acquired it is because part of looking ahead to 2019 is the ability for you and I to go places, possibly to do these podcasts, and the ability to have two additional guests mic'd up with one simple interface boom done so i like it yeah so kind of looking ahead this was a looking ahead gift for sure a growth gift how about yourself uh i uh the wife and i we usually do not buy each other gifts either this year we we broke the rule a little bit we just basically said hey can you buy me this one little thing and what you know and she's like yeah fine can you buy me this one little thing and that's all we did for each other for the kids um we did i've got an 18 year old 10 year old six year old four year old six year old got a uh ipad 2018 with a pencil because she loves drawing even oh, at six score yeah and they were on such discounted deals that i we just couldn't pass that up um jackson he 10 year old um he got one of those Lego boost things. So it's basically a robot that's iPad driven. Very cool. Nice. Job, Lego. Um, the 18 year old, he basically got a gift card to go buy whatever you want to get. Uh, the, the kid who already has everything, by the way. <laughs> the four year old, she got typical toys. Um, but I'm hoping here in a few years, we'll be out of the toy, completely out of the toy game. And just into the sort of list thing. That list is a really cool idea because you know, uh, um, I don't. I don't like toys. I like buying tools instead of toys for the kids. So something that you can bootstrap some sort of passion you have, whether it be drawing, making videos, streaming on Twitch. That's what Jackson's dream is, I think. Um, so I'd rather help subsidize those sorts of things rather than toys and toys and toys and toys right so that's but what those those first toy toys are those tool toys as well because that's how they develop that imagination for what's going to be that next passion yeah but after a while there's only so many legos and there's only so many dolls and barbies and you know that a, a person needs right so we uh we're trying to break out of that less is more is kind of the thing you know you get rather than quantity of gifts you're getting more quality gifts that that's that's where i'm hoping our trajectory is going at least for the kids and now we go for the self-indulgence gifts the stuff that kevin bought himself um yes what did kevin purchase himself so kevin's been doing less social media on purpose and more introspective and non-work related hobbies so i've been i bought a new fender stratocaster playing lots of guitar lately Ooh. 
bought a new effects rig for it. Got a drum machine. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm eyeballing one of those Behringer mixers. I'm looking at like a uh, 20 channel uh, mixer. Obviously not portable. <laughs> so, um, you yeah. You get a case for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I want to move that kind of gear. Uh, getting a power amplifier. So, in a musician, like a guitarist or bass player, which I've been playing both a lot at the church, you can buy, you know, like a Marshall stack or, you know, a Fender, you know, amp. But uh, better bang for the buck is to buy a mixer board that you can do direct input on the instruments, power amplifier and some speakers, and then just basically pipe it in that way and skip the amplifier all to get like the, the boutique amplifiers and just do like a crown power amplifier. Anyway, so um, in 2019, I'll be focusing a lot more on live sound. My girls love to sing and dance. Oh, that's I, awesome. Jackson, or actually both boys, they both play piano. Um, so that's pretty much that. And then the other thing is fitness gear. I have enough kettlebells uh, to really put a hurt on my own body. So I've got a lot of <laughs> kettlebells, uh, some running equipment, you know, like reflective gear, safety gear. Um, so that's what Kevin spent his money. He did not have on himself. <laughs> that's awesome. So are you going to have an audio room in the house? Yes. Um, the entire upstairs, uh, is all mine in the new house and it's two main rooms. Uh, one's wait, 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 wait. How do you get a whole floor to yourself? Um, you stipulate that the rest of the house is for the wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that's an understood, but I mean, ah, right. So, um, it's, it's not, a, I mean, the house is a ranch with a, a partial basement and has a, what we call a loft. So essentially the area of a two car garage is my area and it's going to be two rooms, uh, not including a partial bath, but, uh, it's going to be my office and, uh, Kevin making music room. So that, that's in the future, near future, actually. So should we probably update everyone on uh, our fitness challenge? This is now an appropriate time. You think? Yeah, since you did the uh, kettlebell segue, why the heck not? Yeah, so uh, I, think, I think this is only the third time we've mentioned it. I, don't, I can't tell if this is the second or the third. So to recap, listeners, Bob and I both had to lose, we agreed to lose 21 pounds. Whoever lost the 21 pounds first before January 31st. Weighing in two weeks in a row at the, the target weight. Correct. <laughs> um, would be crowned. Um, crowned. Crowned the Bob and Kevin show champs, I guess, or champs. Bob and Kevin show fitness champion. <laughs> um, I got to tell you, I started out really slow. Didn't think I would make it very far before I just decided to wander off and find something else to do. <laughs> um, but it's been, how many weeks has it been? It's been. We're heading into the third month. So, I mean, right. So it was all of November, all of December and all of January. Yeah. So yeah, we're heading into, uh, we're heading into that third month. So what is that? Eight weeks? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, because th three months would be 13 weeks fully, uh, but we're partial partial of October, and we haven't even started January. So uh, I've been doing the kettlebell thing before work, usually an hour of working out, and then I decided to put 
some gas on the fire, speed up this darn process by running. And oh, by the way, your pro tip of using uh, my fitness pal. Uh, <laughs> other has, than the data hacking part. <laughs> yeah, other than uh, yeah, giving away all my like personal habits has actually benefited me quite well. In fact, I'm within four pounds of my target. So that means I've lost 17 pounds so far. And I am not doing as well as Kevin. Um, I am, I kind of set my target. Oh, we can talk about your uh, targeting error as well <laughs> after this. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> so I set my target to lose one to two pounds a week. I'm really looking at this, you know, yeah, of course I want to win the contest because I have an ego and I can sometimes not keep it in check. But anyway, <laughs> I set a target one to two pounds a week, kind of just to do this in a long-term sustainable way. And uh, I knew I was going to hit a huge plateau with 10 pounds left. Uh, Kevin and I had actually spoken about that uh, even before we started doing this, that we knew we'd have that struggle with the last 10, although Kevin's doing much better with the last 10 than I am. And I have been pretty much stuck at uh, 175 for going on almost a month at this point. I got down pretty quick and then, and then I've plateaued. So I've talked about doing a 24-hour fast here sometime early in January to see if I can't jumpstart this. But I'm not running. I'm doing the elliptical just because for some reason I can't motivate my lazy ass to get outside. But um, burning some serious calories on the elliptical and uh, still doing my keto kind of approach. But well, um, yeah, so I had mentioned uh, briefly, Kevin actually hit me with this epiphany the other day of why he might be losing weight so quickly. So you want to share? <laughs> yeah. So when you sign up for my fitness pal, it asks you what's your current weight, what do you want to be? And then it gives you a calorie number and I misinterpreted the calorie number. So for me, it was like 1700 calories. I thought that if I ate 1700 calories, I would be a wash for the day. Net zero. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you eat 1700 calories, you're going to stay right where you're at, Kevin. And so what I was doing, it was, well, well, I want to lose some weight. So let me come in under 1700. And I had been doing that every day for ever. And I've been dropping pounds like crazy. Um, so I've probably been overdoing it. However, I've had several days that I've eaten probably 25, 2600 calories in the last yesterday was one of those days. And the reason is, is because I've go to like a steakhouse for someone's birthday or whatnot. Mm, steak. And so when you try to reconcile 2,600 versus 1,700, um, it's like, ooh, I need to do something. And that's something for me right now has been running. So over, over the week, the last two days, I've ran 13, 14 miles. And that's the equivalent of like 1,800 calories or something crazy that just don't happen. So if I get hungry or get roped into going to do something, it's actually really easy to, to manage because now everything's quantified. I know how much I'm putting in my body and I know how much I'm burning. Uh, actually, the Fitbit helps, helps me with the, what I'm burning. And as long as I make the math work, I lose weight every single day. So I can't complain. Yes. So with the data points, it's very easy to see that regardless of the dietary intake pattern you choose to follow the main key is if you burn more calories than you take in you will lose the weight it, it's it's so 
much elementary. Like, yeah, it is. And it's just like money. You know, it's like, well, if I, if it's the, it's the inverse of money. So if I, if I take in too many calories, I have to put that weight somewhere on my body unless I get rid of it somehow. And for me, um, quantifying it is key. So knowing I count every calorie on every meal and I've done so for going on what 50, 60 days now, however long we've been doing this. And it's just routine before I eat something. I say, okay, well, let me put it in there. Am I allowed to eat this? Yes, I can. <laughs> and if, if I get to, to lunchtime and I'm like, crap, I've already eaten 1700 calories and I haven't even had a dinner yet. What the heck did you eat for breakfast and lunch? <laughs> well, like I went to Logan Steakhouse yesterday. That's a 1100 calorie meal easily. You know, you uh, got- yeah, good point. I don't eat out very often. Well, we don't either. And I, and believe it or not right now, I'm kind of like, I hate it. Not only do I have to pay for it um, financially, I have to pay for it, you know, in calories. Incredibly eye-opening, right? Oh, it is. Um, because when I come out of there, I'm like, crap, I have like a hundred calories or no calories for the rest of the day. And I know I'm going to get hungry later. It's just the way it's going to be. So what do I do? As soon as I got home, I ran six and a half miles right <laughs> after dinner. I know that's a 900 calorie, you know, credit to my account and now I can have dinner and that sounds horrible, but I've lost weight, uh, virtually every day. What, what, what I have noticed is plateaus do happen. And sometimes when I get back from one of these runs, I'll lose two or three pounds in, in water. And it's incredible how much, I mean, I'll weigh myself before and after and I will lose two or three pounds and I will know the next morning now, just cause I know how it works now. I will bounce up. Now, two pounds probably north on the scale and i expect that because i'm actually putting the water back in my right, body. right. that's the whole but, concept of weight cutting right there oh yeah yeah boxers and mma people they're like yeah dude you're just finding this out you know um so i if you look at my weight progress it looks like a sawtooth because I, I or a bouncing ball but it, i event i'm trending downward at such a crazy rate that if I can keep up my pace here and I'm, I'm starting to wear tired of this <laughs> uh, pace, uh, I should hit my goal within the next two weeks. Um, I'm hoping easily. So, I would think easily. I'm going to struggle to get to the end by the end of January. It all depends. If I don't kick it into high gear. So today's New Year's Eve and I volunteered to be the DD. So I won't be drinking at all tonight. Um, it'll be water and counting calories all night for me so ooh, sounds so exciting <laughs> well uh we're going out with my wife's friends so i let her we you know we don't exactly have uber in uh the cornfields of indiana so you know amish buggies with uber drivers just don't just don't happen too often have you have you checked on the uber app because i think you might be shocked um, there are, but there it's like one driver per county, you know, so you might be waiting a little while and it's just not worth um, the effort right now. Plus I get to say, you know what? I'm not drinking tonight because I have a competition. Cause, cause I'm in competition <laughs> right now. That's right. There's a trophy at stake here, people. And then, and then you just, it's just a subtle drop of a conversation starter. And they're like, Oh, a competition. And then you're like, yeah, I do this podcast with a buddy of mine. And they're like, wait a podcast. And then boom, oh, next yeah. thing you know, your wife hates you. Next thing we know, we're quitting our jobs because we're full-time podcasters. Okay. Probably not. But uh, one, one super, Great. Or there's many benefits to this competition. Uh, a, I proven I can stick with it. 
B, my clothes are hanging off me. So that's both the good and the bad because I have to buy smaller clothes. I'm literally dropped a shirt size. My pants are now, I look like I am urban and need to pull up my pants. <laughs> you know? um, and people have noticed like, wow, you, you look so much younger. Like nobody thinks I'm 40 anymore. Nobody. Everyone thinks... If, you know, if they just meet me, they think I'm early 30s, which is like mind freaking blowing. So, I mean, that's great. And I, and I don't have to stand a certain way because the light hits my gut just right. So it doesn't look as fat. I can stand any way I want now. It is so crazy. That was um, probably the most funny thing that you put in chat. <laughs> you're like, I don't have to pay attention to how I stand. And I, was, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, oh, shit, that's exactly right. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't have my double chin anymore. Um, I actually have some semblance of a of an abdomen. Though we talked, it's you know if you're from the Midwest or the north north of the snow line in America, you know usually there's so much snow that they have to do those big front end loaders, pilot high, and it doesn't melt until like mid to late April. Well, that's how my gut feels, right? I feel like that's the, the Alamo of fat on my body. It's like the last holdout. The rest of me is like. I cannot pinch an inch anywhere else on my body except for that damn midsection. And uh, I probably easily have another 10 pounds to start looking like, you know, a fitness guru. But I don't know if I, I will go down that far just because I think once I get into the 160s, that's it. I can't keep going because I just look too skinny at some point. Well, that was my next question. Like, where do we take it? Where do we take it from here? So, you know, we're going into 2019, we'll finish the contest at the end of January. I mean, if I get down to 165, that will be the lowest that I've weighed in adult memory. Like yeah. my driver's license weight, which is a total lie, is 175. And that's where I sit right now. So that was when I was 20 something. I put 175 on my driver's license and never changed it. If I get down to 165, that means I'll be lighter than I was when I graduated from college. Well, for me, um, I want to get into the 160s and just stay there if I can and maintain. Now, I have this, this grand vision of like totally looking like Dwayne The Rock Johnson at some point, but that's just totally not going to happen, especially because I don't do um, uh, gym memberships and I don't have the amount of resistance machines to be able to do that. I just have kettlebells and things like that. So I think if I can just stay in the 160s and prove that I can keep counting calories and just keep taking care of myself, I think I will be happy. We'll see what 2019 and my um, willpower has in store. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to figure that part out too. I think you and I talked about this, that um, my goal was obviously to hit the weight. And then I wanted to, like, I'm not doing much strength training right now at all, because I do put on muscle weight fairly quickly in my opinion um and i think that would be negatively impacting my weight loss <laughs> so i'm doing uh you know mostly just managing calorie intake and output and car doing cardio like i'll do body weight exercises but i think after the competition's over i want to try to see what kind of muscle i can put back on and maintain the look and, uh, and just see how it goes. I don't know what's going to happen to the weight. Uh, I definitely like feeling like I can wear 30 inch waist pants again. Um, so that's big. I definitely want to keep that feeling. 
Yeah, I, uh, my belt, I, I've run out of holes. So either I'm going to do like what you do with your kids and put an extra hole in their belts to kind of get an extra life out of it or buy smaller belts. Um, I'm both happy and it's just, it's just weird how this is all working. One of the things that I've started doing is running and thank you global warming because we haven't had any significant snow and we definitely live well within the snow line here. Um, oh, thanks. You just screwed us all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been running farther and farther just to see if I can do it. So I've been mentally challenging myself to go, okay, I ran two miles nonstop. Can I run three? Can I run four? Can I run five? Well, you know, uh, 10K is just 6.2. Can I do that? Well, I've done that four times now. That's the, you know, and I, I do it back to back days. You know, um, now I'm like, shoot, yeah, I could do more than 6.2 miles, but where's the next little milestone? You know, should I keep going? I mean, I pay for it. My, my left knee kills now. It just throbs and it locks up. Oh, it's good until the next, you know, it's not good until the next morning. And then I'm, then I'm just fine. So I can't tell if I'm actually wearing away something there and I should like tone it back a little bit or it's probably just itis. I mean, I'm sure it's tendonitis for over from overuse, some kind of itis inflammation. Yeah. Owen and I used to always joke when we were training hard martial arts, we would keep going to the gym every single day because if we skipped a day, we'd get sore. So basically <laughs> right. we'd be just chasing the soreness onto the next day. <laughs> just deferring, deferring soreness. Those milestone things are so funny. I've been suckered by distance. I've been suckered by time. And most recently I've been suckered by calorie burn. So like really? I will actually only look at that that space on the watch and be like, Oh, I can get to the next 50 calories or the next hundred calories. <laughs> yeah. I, um, so time and distance are our usual goals and time for me is pretty irrelevant because when I start out, the first mile is the toughest. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's cold. My body's cold. The wind's really cutting into me. I just like, gosh, I really don't want to do why I'm an idiot. Why did I even think I refer to that as the fuck you mile. Yeah. <laughs> But once you're about a mile in, you're like, okay, I'm warmed up. The cold's not a problem anymore. Now um, get your breathing down, uh, things like that. And then it's just go, go, go. And it's mental toughness and um, completion. I, I mean, I, I literally th have the thought of time doesn't matter, Kevin. Complete your distance. Don't stop. Because I, I value not stopping and completing the distance goal over beating my old time. If I happen to beat my old time, great. That's an extra bonus. And, and the way it's been working out is the more I do the same routes and keep running over, I actually do go faster, but I don't consciously try to go faster. Right. Nope. Um, Cause that can ruin your don't stop. If you do that by accident. <laughs> yeah. Now I did have an app idea. So I listen to Bluetooth uh, headset when I run, I have to have music when I run or I'm just like totally mentally out of it. It would be nice if my, if an app on my phone would be like, Kevin, you're, you're ahead of pace. Kevin, you're behind pace. Kevin, you know, you're chasing your goat, a ghost. The ghost of you is either ahead or behind, you know, if you run the same course. So in those apps, what do you use for your running tracking? Um, Fitbit. Oh, so Fitbit might not have this, but, um, I think that, uh, fitness tracker, whatever the running, mm -hmm. the running component of that one is. Hang on. I'll tell you cause it's on my phone. Oh, Runtastic. Runtastic is made by the same folks, I believe. 
as my fitness pal. Mm, maybe not, but you can save a run. So you run the run and then you save the run. And then the next time you go out, you can race yourself against that run. And it does exactly that. It All says right. that you're ahead of yourself. You're behind yourself. Um, I used to love that when I uh, actually had my Garmin watch. The, that Garmin watch actually did that built into the watch. And you would actually get a visual representation of where you are today versus where you were on that saved run. And it actually would give you a, uh, a visual ghost to follow. Speaking of that, um, the, so most like virtual reality to me is just totally worthless. Augmented reality, I think, is where it's at. So it would be great to have like a Google Glass or just regular glasses like we're wearing right now and just project some sort of ball or something you know it didn't even have to be a person running like you know just literally be like, literally a carrot <laughs> yeah it could be exactly <laughs> showing you like that's where and different targets and maybe do a carrot a cherry and whatnot so the carrot waka, 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 waka. <laughs> exactly you know where i'm going with this um so it'd be really nice to be like look if if you want to keep on pace with where you were chase that one right there if you want to keep if you want to uh break bob's record because he's ran the same course you got to chase that one up there you know and so on and so forth so i think augmented reality would be way cooler like that um, there is a running app out there where it's the opposite of that you get chased and it's zombies chasing you how do you how do you do you have to like look behind you though <laughs> it's it actually shows up on your phone so okay when you're running the running the course there's zombies that come onto the course and get behind you. It's there's, there's so much fun stuff out there. Um, we could probably go on and on about different running apps all day. I, the one thing that I did want to cover since we're heading into 2019 and we'll keep it show based because we talked about some personal goals for 2019 already. Um, so uh, I think to wrap up today, and I'm not saying that we're wrapping up right this second, but to, to kind of close out the show, what's a, uh, what kind of ambitions do you have for us, uh, the Bob and Kevin show, rolling into 2019? Um, a little more consistency on uh, episodes <laughs> because, uh, full disclosure, uh, it's mainly my fault because I just don't have great internet anywhere. So, Well, I don't push very hard either. So, <laughs> I'm in a very noisy cafe right now because it's fairly decent internet and, uh, well, it's better than rural internet so i think more consistent i think we i think i want to put down as a goal we need to do a on site at least one maybe two co-located shows so you and i are in the same actual yes. room i do want to try that for sure because last year goal. we did the uh the umbraco hot wings uh you know i came up to batavia that was, that was pretty fun um so. right and i still have to come to you so yeah, so when I get the, the home office uh, all squared away and some internet, heck, we don't even have to have internet in that, in that particular case, right? Right, just the laptops and the mics. Um, I want to do that sort of thing more often because I, I really like having conversations in a room as opposed to I call the fishbowl, you know, effect, you know, which is the fishbowl. Uh, so... That's about it. I don't have any strong ambitions that we're going to become wildly popular tech guys if we do. Great. But, you know, reality is we're family men first. We have jobs. You know, we uh, 
regular Joes. We're not necessarily grinding air quotes to right. become the next big thing. Um, so when is your, when is your house done? Well, I have a foundation and we're waiting for framers. Um, so weather has a lot to do with it's pouring rain here. You got the holidays interfering. Um, we'll have an amazing Amish crew of framers out there any day now. Um, I think I would be happy if we're moved in in April. Uh, okay. That, Cause I'm heading out. Remember, let's not forget everyone out there in podcast land. I'm heading out in June. So we will have a, a very narrow April to June window. Okay. Being relatively closely located, you know, only a couple hundred miles versus a thousand. That's true. <laughs> but uh, I do still plan on helping you move out. Yes. To and we'll definitely record when we do that for sure. Yeah, we can record on the road or something. Somewhere in the middle of Kansas, Bob and Kevin show. From Bob and Kevin show coming to you live from Kansas <laughs> City, Missouri. Well, uh, actually, what do you know about Kansas City? Total random fact here. Not much at all. There's a, nope, that's St. Louis that has the arch. So, nope, not much at all. <laughs> Kansas City is in two states. Oh, yes. Missouri and, and Kansas. The, and the main part of it is in which state? The main part of it is in Missouri. It, very good. So, I met 50, 50 somebody. Shot. Yeah, right. <laughs> I met somebody at our corporate retreat who's from Kansas City, and I was, you know, kind of asking her dumb questions like, hmm, Kansas City, is that, you know, where the Chiefs play? Is that Missouri? Is that Kansas? She looked at me, she's like, I'm from Missouri, and don't you forget it. And I'm like, oh, you know, so apparently it's a thing. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah, so Kansas City, Missouri, apparently is where you want, just like Chicago, you know, there's a thing called East Chicago. I think it's in Indiana. I don't think you want to be from East Chicago. So. No. Definitely okay. not. Uh, all right. Well, for uh, me, yeah. show goal is uh, definitely to get better at social media for the show because uh, we're kind of bad at it. <laughs> so uh, if you want to tweet us at uh, Bob and Kevin show, that's where you can find us on Twitter. But uh, we're going to try to raise those followers. I'm going to put together a strategy document and submit that to uh, Kevin come early here in the new year. Set some, <laughs> set some strategies and some goals, targets. Sounds official. I need some schedule stickers. of monitoring. Oh yes, and I need to send Kevin st stickers. Yeah. So there's there's Bob and Kevin show listeners who have stickers, <laughs> and Kevin has none. I have none. I need to put one on my laptop. That's really all I want to do. And your phone and your Android phone. I don't think I'm gonna put. Well, yeah, I guess I have space, but I don't go. know if I, I don't know if I'm gonna do that. We'll see. Um, yeah, so that's it. social media and, uh, anything else for the show? I don't, yeah, I think we just, you know, regular consistent recording goal of doing some, uh, in-person face-to-face episodes and, uh, fire up that social media and, and let's get that listener. Like, you know, I think we're just over the thousand threshold, probably in the 1200s right now, maybe, and, uh, see if we can, you know, maybe hit five this year. That'd be great. Cause that's Ooh. how the bumps go. One, yeah. two, five. All right, man. Uh, Any parting yeah. thoughts for listeners going into 2019? Be safe. Uh, if you make resolutions, try to keep them, right? Uh, I'm not going to do the weight loss thing because uh, I already did. So did you. We're already we're like three months ahead of schedule. <laughs> we, are, we are ahead of resolution. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, do you have any personal resolutions that you're, you're aiming for? 
No, I just want to, I, you know, as you know, I just like to podcast as much as possible. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, focus on mindfulness a little more. I've been trying to do that with heading into the new year. So, you know, the new year is just kind of like passing that, getting done with that fuck you mile. I, I got the fuck you mile done and heading into 2019. It's just keeping pace. Yeah, I think for me, um, I'm going to focus more on non-programming. I'm also going to go back to YouTube when I have uh, decent internet. I'm going to be recording more and more um, YouTube. It's so weird because I, I get like one follower a day or a subscriber on my old YouTube that I haven't uploaded since February. And I think eventually I'll I'll start back up there because... And um, just totally digressing. I, we got our, I got my first 10,000 view video um, a few weeks nice. ago. And I, it was Dependency Injection Jackson's starring in it. He's, he's excited because he's in a, a video that's got 10,000 views. Um, but it also shows what's, what is popular and what isn't. Because you know, I'm kind of reflecting on what, what works on my YouTube and what doesn't. Umbraco stuff just doesn't work. That's like a get me, get me a bunch of views quick, but then burn out like almost instantly. Yeah. Not as um, evergreen for sure. Right. The evergreen stuff about holistic stuff about programming does work. And that's where I think I'm going to focus on. Um, so I, I know that was a, a long answer to the resolution thing. So I'm going to do music uh, and probably come back to the videos on YouTube eventually. Excellent. Mid 2019. So, when the studio is set up, that's right. Studio One A will be. Great. You got to call it One A because then people think, "Oh, is there a One B?" <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, excellent. All right, Bob. We have one uh, more order of business, and if you don't mind, you can bring the 2019 lightning.